Hi, Gauri here. We've collected the best insights from the first 20 Knowledge Base Ninjas episodes into a clear and concise ebook. Simply send a blank email to ninja at bcast.email. That's ninja at bcast.email and it will be sent right back to you. Thank you. Welcome to the Knowledge Base Ninjas podcast. Where Gauri Ram Kumar of Document 360 finds the best SaaS self-service knowledge bases in the world and then interviews their creators. Let's get started with today's episode. Good day everyone. Our guest today is Arshabi Roy, technical writer at Solis. Welcome Arshabi to the Knowledge Base Ninjas podcast. How are you doing today? I'm good thank you Gauri and thank you for having me. Fantastic. So uh Ash am I okay to address you as Ash? Yes, Ash is perfect. That's, that's Fantastic. Yeah. So Ash please so uh, introduce a little bit more about yourself um how did you get into documentation initially and uh, who who made you to make this as your career choice? Sure. So uh before I jump uh before i started my career as a technical writer i worked as a marketer and a sustainability consultant for a while so that kind of involved a lot of content development for sure but especially in the sustainability consulting area i had to create a lot of training documents a lot of reports in a way i was already doing a bit of uh, technical writing and training and i had an i did so at a couple of years ago i maybe 5 or 6 years ago i did a contract job where i had to actually work uh like i guess um use a software data management software to collect data for energy resources waste and all that so uh, i learned it and i had to also create a training manual for other sub staff so that's that was sort of a kickstarter where i really enjoyed doing that you know um working understanding the technology working with the technology and also training people so that was really a kickstarter and then that's at that point i guess i sort of decided that this was the career that i want to get into so then i did a bit of a study for a year in toronto um the study technical writing and then i start, that's where all the that's why my like uh, technical writing career started super uh, so i think i was just telling the training is uh, a special uh, it gives you a special feeling right because somebody learn is learning something new from from the training and uh, yeah i've i've used to do teaching in my previous uh, career so i always enjoy teaching super <laughs> yeah so that sort of a one year study was actually quite important because while i did a bit of technical writing i think i didn't really understand the inner works of how things go what are so what are the process what sort of frameworks you use kind of thing so one year study actually really helped me a lot to uh, kick start my career plus my previous experience also kind of added a bit of a help as well Mhm absolutely so so what's your documentation process at solis and uh, which teams do you normally get involved in defining such processes sure um, so solis offers a very solid end to end sort of event designing and even streaming and management platform uh, which entails a lot of different products where you have a tool which we de- developed recently that helps you design event driven architecture and also different saas and hardware and software products right so there's a variety of products and a variety of team so uh, and all those those products has documentation requirements so our documentation 
like team gets involved right from the get-go during the whole software development cycle. We work with the PLM architects, uh, developers, QA, and also product managers. So I think the architects really have an overall view of the whole sort of a software. So they are really they're, they're really helpful in terms of identifying the impact areas of the documentation, what we need to write. And then we have your PLM and product managers who really work with the customers. So you, understand, you know that you, they know the pain points. So that it's really to have helpful to have them on board. So that's where, so after that, I guess we write our documentation and then we have a QA team, which we work very closely to, I guess, sort of make sure that the documentation is up to not, is technically correct. And then um, that's where we sign off. So that's really the feature side of things where once the feature comes into play, but also we have other channels and other requirements that comes through from CDO office, from Slack, uh, mm-hmm. from support and customer success team, marketing team as well. And also we get a lot of feedback from our documentation side as well. So it's really a big ecosystem where uh, documentation has a, a very important role to play. And in terms of how we work in our process, I guess we have a two-week sprint cycle where we identify what our feature documentation is, what sort of important bugs are, um, what are the web, de- I guess, web design tasks we have, search, search, search aspect as well, architecture too. So we basically prioritize a task based on that and we tackle our, our sort of a documentation every two weeks. Yeah, super. So sounds like a big piece of um, activity going on when, when it comes to documentation. So since you're, You've got so many teams involved, so many requirements coming from different angles. So what are the important factors you consider when creating documentation? Um, in terms of task-based, I guess it really, you prioritize task-based on, I guess, obviously the new features are always important and the bugs are always important. So it really, we prioritize task-based on that. But in terms of overall strategy, I guess, uh, at the end of the day, I think uh, it's a more of a cliche thing, but I guess we I really try to focus on who our users are and who our audience is. So basically, how much knowledge do they have about a specific product or a feature? Are they a novice or someone who's more experienced, right? What sort of terminologies they already know and what sort of confidence would they need, concepts would they need to know before they actually jump into uh, completing a task? All those things are really considered. Uh, we discuss it. We discuss, and especially that's, this is at this point, I guess the PLM team and the support and SEs are really helpful. So talking talking with them to understand who users are, how are they going to use their product, I guess, uh, is really important. So understanding your users. And then we also try to, I guess, by my personally, try to figure out uh, what sort of problem we are trying to solve. Um, what will a user do? How will they use this? Uh, how will they use this specific documentation? Will they, do we need a code sample? Are they going to just use it for a test? Are they going to jump into production? Based on that, I guess we have to figure out how, the, how I write and what sort of documentation I write. Once that's figured out, once you know who our user is, once you've figured out their sort of a, the problem that they're trying to solve, um, then we decide, I guess, what sort of documentation we need, whether we need a conceptual guide, installation walkthroughs, do we need code samples, do we need a quick starter, uh, do we need something in the GitHub, uh, do we need images, videos, uh, where in the documentation is this going to be placed, uh, all those aspects. And I guess also equally important, along with the content, I guess, is um, you also need to, uh, I guess, figure out the whole architecture of your documentation is where will it fit in, how will the user access it, uh, what sort of search titles do we need, um, and also the sort of devices and stuff they'll use. Mm-hmm. Super. So have you noticed any kind of reduction in your workload uh, since introducing such quality documentation? Um, reduction in the workload... Well, that's a sort of a tricky one. I guess I wouldn't mm-hmm. say reduction in the workload, but I guess it's sort of uh, 
a good documentation kind, I think I personally feel that a good documentation reduces support cost a lot. So if a support team can guide a user to our documentation rather than them having to solve their problem over a phone or a chat, I think that itself is, reduces a lot of valuable time and resources, right? And then we also work very closely with customer success team. So if you have a really solid documentation, for example, say a really good deployment guide that's been written in documentation and they can easily point their users or our customers to the documentation rather than having them walk through the whole process that itself is reducing their time which is obviously is a valuable resource which can be focused elsewhere i guess absolutely absolutely so uh, yeah i mean as you rightly said um, customer support could be a very costly um, element in the whole uh, uh, keeping your customers happy uh, yeah. process so having a good documentation always gives uh, good credibility not only to the product to the whole company i guess and yeah. and also as well um like working very closely with the support team and our customer success team is also very important and we are lucky that we have access to our team members uh, support and customer because they talk with their uh, with the customers they solve their pain they, they know their pain points they under, they work with them all the time so having them on board to review your documentation and asking them to asking them the feedback is also very important so that really helps improve your documentation too absolutely absolutely so do you consider searchability when producing technical documentation so say that again sorry could you uh, sorry do you consider searchability when producing yep. technical documentation I think search. I've always been wondering. I've been wondering about search for a while now because uh, I recently, a couple of couple of months ago, maybe last year, I wrote a sort of article about how you integrate um, Algolia, uh, Algolia search engine into uh, the tool that we use, which is Madcap there, and uh, it, it's a really great tool, and we our users love it. But um, you, you reach a point where uh, you realize that users actually, at the end, always go back to Google. Um, they, this, I guess the Google algorithm is so strong that and people are used to using Google. So the, it's, I guess it really comes back to how much resource and time do you have to really improve your document, uh, your searchability of uh, documentation, I guess. So um, in terms of SEO and search optimization, I think uh, having a right content, having a right title helps. But over, overall, in terms of engine uh, or the type of search engine that you use, I think it's really a sort of a you know, figure out how much resources that you have in your team to invest time and time to improve your overall searchability of your documentation, I guess. Mm-hmm. Super. So uh, are all your documentation out to public uh, uh, that, that can be accessed freely or is it all uh, protected with the username and password? So it's uh, it's freely available. So that's where uh, the, the 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 search search engine, I guess, sort of a, is a sort of a what sort of search engine do you want to use? Because mm-hmm. uh, it's openly accessible. Just go to Google and search for a specific term and add our company there. Our docs are solid, right? Because you have all the stuff that it's easy for them to find. Well, well, if in the other hand, if your documentation was within sort of a firewall or restricted user, I guess you could figure out or you could invest more time and resources in improving your internal search engine, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so in that sense, do you generate any organic search traffic from your documentation, uh, Ash? Um we do. Uh, we also work very closely with marketing in terms of improving our organic documentation. But from our end, we make sure that we're writing, we're using the right keywords. Uh, we are titling our, pro- like we have right titles for each and every sort of uh, topic that we have. So that kind of helps uh, in terms of organic uh, search. And then we also do a lot of cross references and links with other different sites and uh, external sites. So that kind of helps as well. Super, super. Uh, one question I would like to ask uh, after hearing how big your uh, team is and uh, how many people get involved in this process. Uh, so how big is your documentation team, Ash? Uh, we are a four, 
four people okay. in the team. And we are divided in terms of uh, some people work in the SaaS space, some people work in the cloud, some people in the hardware. Uh, we also work together for tackling all the bugs as well. So it really depends, yeah. Oh, super. That's great. That's great. So I think we are very close to getting to our rapid fire round question. So anything else you would like to add to this section of the uh, podcast? Um, no, I'm good for now. Yeah. All right. Super. So who have you learned? Um, I guess I, I would like to sorry. add one thing. Sorry. Go on, uh, go on. One thing though. I think, uh, you know, uh, I think the kind of um, documentation, I think plays a very critical role in terms of product adapt, uh, uh, like how users adopt a product. I used to think that before that users come to your documentation only when they have, when they get stuck or when they have a problem, uh, which mm-hmm. I guess to some extent is still true, but uh, with, with, with the new tech, with the number of technologies that's been coming out and the, the competition that they are, competition that's uh, out there in the market, many users come uh, to your documentation or uh, basically uh, to see how the product works, right? To learn something and see if they can, uh, if it's easy to use, if it fits really well with their company or the product they have. So if you have a really bad documentation or a guide that uh, causes frustration, uh, frustration, it kind of builds a distrust. So having a good documentation where the installation is easy the conceptual guides are perfect and it's easy to use and easy to navigate really helps people adopt your product more quickly and also i think helps to improve your brand and trust as well i think absolutely very very well said uh that that's absolutely right yeah nowadays documentation is just not only to uh faqs you know it's used for many many purposes yeah super so so who have you learned the most about documentation from in your career um, over the careers, I think uh, I would say my colleagues, I think I've had the opportunity to work with some really smart people. So I've learned a lot from people who I work with. Um, so thanks to everyone that I've, uh, who's helped me all this, uh, all this t- until now. And then during my early I, um, one book that really helped me a lot, uh, in, to improve my writing was Elements of Style. I think that's uh, that was uh, really good, and these days I uh, I like Tom Johnson's uh, blog. I think I'd rather be writing is a good resource for mm-hmm. most uh, for technical writers. He he does a really good job. Yeah. Super. Did you listen to his podcast? Uh, I do. Yeah. Super. Once in a while, and I yeah, and I've been listening to yours as well. So uh, since I came came to know about it, yeah. Yes. Yes. Some really good speakers. He yeah. was one of the guests as well. So that's great. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So I think you kind of answered my uh, second question, but uh, yeah, any other documentation related resource you have recently consumed? Um, recent, I guess the Tom Johnson's. I've uh, I uh, read read his blogs regularly. STC, I think I uh, read uh, their newsletter as well. I was actively uh, I was a member of STC Toronto, so I was actively involved before then. So I received the newsletters. The resources are really good as well. Yeah. Super, super. So thank you to Tom and STC members. Um, so what is that one piece of documentation related advice you would give to your 20-year-old self? Um, if I were to give one advice to myself, I would say that I would master um, a language or a specific uh, skill that really complements uh, technical writing. I think, yes, uh, most focused on I th- technical writers are considered master of all, a jack of all trades, and that is uh, correct. And most um, uh, most of us focus on writing, but I think if you have that one specific skill that you're really strong in, I think that, that is really a clear, clear, clear bonus in your career. Mm-hmm. Super. So th- I think that's uh, very well said again, uh, given the current generation. So... <laughs> yeah. um, 
and it's Super. a changing environment, right? The whole thing is you're always learning for sure, and you have to keep up, keep keep up with that. But at the same time, I think if you are skilled at a specific area and you can portray that really well, I think that's I find that I would say that that's very useful. <laughs> Super, super. So once again, uh, Ash, I think we are very close to the end of this podcast. So it's been a very short, but a crisp, crisp one. Um, so anything else before we say bye to our audience? Um, nothing much. I think given the circumstances, how things are right now, I think I would say that uh, we all need to be resilient, and you know, if uh, and we shouldn't hesitate to reach out to people and ask for help and advice if you need to. I guess. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So keep safe. Stay safe, stay indoors as much as possible. Yes. So, <laughs> thank you, Ash, for sharing your experience. And I think it's been an absolutely uh, incredible journey you had. And uh, sharing this with us, is, it makes us even more special. And uh, I know it's just the start of the day for you. Enjoy your day and the sunshine. Yeah, you too, Corey. Thanks very much for having me again. Super. Thank you, Ash. Yeah, bye. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Knowledge Base Ninjas podcast. Please head to iTunes, rate, and provide honest feedback on the podcast. See you next week.